Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. bar pour yourself a cold one i'm back did you miss me buddy you probably didn't last week's show without my voice was already better than most of the stuff that we've done you, you know i go on vacation and uh i i, I got forgotten i believe I, I believe there was no need for me i don't even know what i'm going to contribute this week except just oohing and on over pirates trades and uh and i could do the thing at the beginning where i talk about 412 brewing and uh, the fact that they are our official brewery and that they sponsor bucks in the basement and you heard their commercial right at the beginning of this episode and then you should go check them out and i know you were just in there recently what were you trying out over there oh dude i i hate to say it i I go back to the well every single time i i just i am an ipa guy and if i'm gonna have like a single beer i just always go for the ipa i i wish i was more um adventurous because i've heard they, they had like a the blue blazer which was like a fruit tea beer. Right. I've been hearing great things about that one. Uh, the Mexican mm-hmm. lager that they have, uh, that they, uh, I think they've ran out of the last two times I was in there. So get in there early when you're in there. I've had that one. That one's great. Yeah, just because, I mean, it, it runs out so quickly. So I'd probably go for one of those. Uh, but I just, anything that they do that's an IPA, I just pretty much jump on board because their IPAs are just really, really smooth. And I mean, it has that little bit of hops that I love, but it's those ones that I can drink more than three of without hitting the floor and being able to drive home safely. You know, people talk about going to breweries and I think everybody just assumes, well, guys that are beer guys like every brewery they walk into. That that isn't the case. Oh, absolutely not. I found a garbage brewery when I was at my vacation. I went through Fredericksburg, Virginia, the site of the largest Civil War battle, if you think about the amount of men that were in it. And I'm like, oh, and they got breweries everywhere. This is going to be great. First of all, that town is just the crappiest little town I've ever been in my entire (laughs) life. Like, if you're looking for a place to stay on the road, pick another town, first of all, okay? Secondly, secondly, the brewery that I go to this brewery and it's packed. It's got all these people in it. I'm like, oh, it must be great. Like, I pull the, get the kids out of the the car. I, I walk in. I get myself a flight. I'm like, just give me your four biggest ones. The girl's like, this is, these are the ones that are our famous ones. I couldn't find a good one in the bunch. It was oh, just goodness. brutal. Like one of the IPAs was like drinking a pine tree. Like it was off. So let me tell you this right now. When I say 412 is a good spot to go to, I, there are other places I walk into that I think are just hot garbage. And <laughs> 412 is a really solid brewery because trust me, I was in that place. I did one flight. My wife goes, you want to stay? I'm like, not a chance i'll go back to the hotel and i'll drink miller lights out of my cooler before i get back on the road tomorrow like that's where i was at with that brewery so get out the 412 you're lucky to have it right there on western avenue speaking of hot garbage 
that is the performance not only for his career, but for the entirety of 2021. I know he had a good month in there, but a 1.638 career whip and a 1.429 whip for this season and a negative war for his career and for the season and being a right-handed relief pitcher. The fact that Clay Holmes brings back two prospects is gotta be the, the biggest robbery of the trade deadline season. And it, and it just kind of just popped up like as we're sitting down to do this show and I'm in awe of what Ben Sherrington just pulled up because he traded, no offense, Clay, but looking at your numbers, hot garbage for two solid prospects. Tell me about these guys that we picked up, buddy. Yeah, I mean, just to go with Clay Holmes, like Clay Holmes was a guy that I always was hoping could unlock it. His curveball has always been really nasty when he can locate it. I've always, you know, even since he's come up as a starter, he came up, you know, switched to the bullpen, you know, was he non-tendered in the offseason? I've been looking for something from him. And his name was one of the last names I thought was ever going to pop up other than to say maybe DFA or traded for cash considerations. But the two guys they got back um, from the Yankees start off with the number one guy in my mind, Diego Castillo. He was He's number 22 on the updated fan graphs list. Uh, he's down in Double uh, A Somerset. He plays for the Patriots. So anybody who has seen uh, out, gone out to see Altoona play this year, anytime Somerset's come in, you, you've probably seen this guy on the season. He's uh, hitting 277, uh, good on base, pretty decent on base percentage, 345. Has uh, developed some power, 11 home runs, and you know it's about to turn 24 years old but is can play absolutely all over the field. And he's just one of those guys with you want Rodolfo Castro to be up in AAA. Diego Castillo may be your new second baseman in Altoona, and he's a guy that has a 40-plus future value on fan graphs if, if you buy into that sort of thing a lot. But it's a guy that obviously there are some scouts out there that see he has potential. And the thing is with the 40 grade prospect, that's a guy who's a depth piece. Like he, he, he may not work out, but you need to have those guys because you know what, if your developmental guys can get him going, he becomes somebody that eventually could become part of your team. If not, that's the kind of structure you have to have around your other bigger prospects. You know, that's a value. And to be able to get that and yet another guy for Clay Holmes is shocking to me. Yeah, because the other guy, Hoyan Park, up until pretty much, I think it was May 18th of of this year, had kind of, you know, made his way through the system, was, you know, a decent hitting, you know, for contact, get on base, you know, glove first, middle infielder. And then he gets the promotion to the Triple the A Rail Riders, who, like I said, the only reason I knew this, I told you this, Chris, was that. Uh, my buddy's a broadcaster out there from from college, so I've been listening to some of the games. The guy is hitting 327 with 10 home runs and strikes out as much as he walks. It's like 20.6%, which, I mean, a lot of times people would say, oh, 20.6%, that's maybe just a little bit high for a guy that, you know, is glove first, different types of stuff, but that walk rate and, and the power... Um, the one home run, I, th- I think I even posted on Twitter, was like an effortless opposite fielder 
for this little tiny guy, I was just like, maybe he unlocks something. Maybe there's something in a change in his swing, it looks like, that, I mean, you may have something here. He's a little bit on, you know, the quote-unquote older side, but we've talked about this before, Chris. There is the old, and I believe he's 25, age-wise, and then there is the old control-wise. Right. And for this, I mean, you're getting two guys that, like you mentioned, Chris, could be just like one of those, either like a, a fill-in building, you know, a little building block piece to put in where, you know, until somebody else comes up or just to create some competition. And then, you know, you never know what's going to happen with these types of players if they take off, if they don't. But to get both of them back for Clay Holmes, who, uh, you know, over his last... God, I think it's like seven st- seven appearances had an ERA like up in the nines. Like he was just like, he was walking as many people as he was striking out. I think it was like maybe for like the last month and a half or so, it was like 20 strikeouts and and 18 walks. It was like absolutely insane. Like I said, I, there's not a guy that I expected to hear after the Adam Frazier news of last night. It definitely wasn't anywhere on my radar. Well, I want to get to that, but before I do that, I I can't believe that of all the pitchers that are gone, I mean, Richard Rodriguez is the guy that you're expecting is going to be the one that gets dealt. And I was trying to figure out why wouldn't a team be like going for him? And, but when I, when I, when I look at and this, is a really interesting stat and I'm curious what you think of it. And then we'll get to the Frazier thing. But I, I found this online just today. And it was the RPMs, you know, with the whole sticky stuff on the baseballs. The idea is you get a high RPM and you're able to, you know, the ball does weird things and it's easier for pitchers. His RPMs in April and in May for his slider were over 2,500, actually a little bit over 2,550, all right? In June, when the crackdown began, they dropped to around 2,300, and in July, his RPMs are just a tick over 2,000. He's seen a massive drop-off in his slider. His fastball's also seen a drop-off. But I'm wondering whether or not teams that are getting ready to deal prospects may be looking at pitchers differently because of the way that things are going right now in terms of Major League Baseball basically starting with one set of rules or a set of rules they weren't following and then deciding all of a sudden they were going to follow those rules, did it change how teams are evaluating pitchers? Because it was interesting to see Holmes be the first guy to get dealt out of this bullpen. Yeah, and I mean, our uh, guest last week, Mike Piersack from the Post-Gazette, Pirates beat writer, uh, when we played that little game, or exercise or whatever you want to call it. I, I think I called it lock likely and little chance. Uh, when I mentioned Chris Stratton, that was one where he was like, this is a lock. And I mean, it's not saying it won't still be a lock, but it was one of those guys that hasn't seen that decrease. Is a guy that has looked pretty much the same all year and provides, number one, he provides innings because he's a long reliever. And he's not really had that many bad outings. Uh, another guy, you know, looking that we, I feel like I've talked about this a million times, that has to trade him, is Tyler Anderson. So those are the names that were in the front of my mind, especially since we're hearing, you know, Tyler Anderson set, set to start on Tuesday. You know, are the Pirates even going to start him? Will he be there when he's, you know, scheduled to start? It definitely did not see that happening. And, and there that basically means that maybe my early estimations of, you know, 
an over under 2.5 trades maybe it's it's clearly going to the over and it might go as many as as four i mean who knows at this point in time i and it just seems like you know ben sherrington and company have made their evaluations and they've are selecting you know they basically sent kyle crick on outright waivers like that dude's gone like he's not even like he cleared waivers and they didn't want to send him to triple a so they are making decisions on guys and i could see a lot of those coming up in the near future especially with you know these acquisitions he's made in the past couple days and the ones that he still could make you know i get muscle aches all the time i've gone from being able to do whatever i want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity Good News is a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain, you can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry, cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. And now check out the new 2,500 milligram balm with reduced pricing on their classic balms. Right now at creakybone.com. One of the trades that, if it wasn't made, I think Pirates fans would have been scratching their heads, would have been... Uh, if they didn't trade Adam Frazier, it was it was one of those things that's his highest value, and everybody's clamoring for him, and he's an all-star, and there are many teams knocking on the door, and we talked a lot about the high price that Ben Charrington was looking for, but it's interesting to see what he took, because the the guy who's the, the key part of the deal with San Diego is a high ceiling, but not quite developed shortstop. And this is this Marcano, who right now, according to MLB.com's prospect list, immediately slots in as the seventh best prospect in the Pirates system. And I'm sure other lists, as they get updated, he might move up in it. He's only 21 years old. He's already in AAA, or at least he was for the Padres. I would assume that's where the Pirates are going to end up putting him, but you don't know how it's all going to shake out. I don't know if that's official well, they already, yet. They already announced he's going to AAA. Charrington announced it during his, right. his press conference. So he's going to AAA. So here's a guy who's young, but developed enough to be working at AAA. And if you think about the amount of teams that were knocking on the door for Adam Frazier, he could have said, I want a pitcher. He could have looked for... Big hitters. There, there are prospects that have made it to the majors this year that were on the table and available to the Pittsburgh Pirates. He valued the infielder with the athleticism that he's just looking for. The, you know, a high end guy, the the highest ceiling possible. You think I'm on with that one? Because that's how I kind of viewed it. He, he had a, he had a bunch of offers on the table. He said, "I've got to move Frazier," and this package here gives me a guy that even if he doesn't work up, work out at short, might be a second baseman, might be a center fielder, but he's going to work out somewhere. There's a good chance you see him up at the major league level and part of this thing when the Pirates are finally, you know, coming out of the, the basement, let's say, and becoming a player again in major league baseball. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people had their concerns about this one uh, and it was a two, twofold. Number one was because people are saying, well, why didn't Charrington wait? Why did he pull the trigger, you know, 
with uh, with days left in? Why didn't he wait until the trade deadline? And coming up with what I felt like were somewhat silly arguments uh, about what if a player gets injured in this next week and a team becomes really desperate? Like, it, it, you can play that game, but I, I don't really see the point in that. Uh, we already know for a fact that Seattle had an offer on the table. Uh, the Padres had an offer on the table, and there were other teams that were mentioned to be extremely interested. And the second reason that people were uh, a little bit concerned was because they felt that maybe Charrington coveted this player too much and maybe was over-evaluating him you know, to a certain extent because it was kind of mentioned uh, in passing by Heyman that, you know, he must have received a text message and it's like, this is the guy we wanted. And it was a guy that was possibly talked about in the Joe Musgrove trade, you know, over the offseason. But for everybody here, I mean, Tuco Pita, which is everybody wants to call him Pita, and I'm fine with it because I'm going to have, I'm going to screw that up about a number of times, you know, because I'm a Yinzer and those names are tough for me. Uh, and Marcano, he is a guy that is 21 years old. If this is a guy that came from our system and had made the jump, from, from A-Ball in 2019, was at the alternate site during the 2020 season, and then comes and he makes the opening day roster. I mean, there were some injuries. He was kind of going crazy in spring training. But then, you know, goes down to AAA, batting 272, walking more than he strikes out, is, is showing what people are saying is an advanced, you know, feel for the game and, you know, pitches and everything, this approach to the game. And he's 21 years old. He has Jake Cronenworth. He has Fernando Tatis Jr. in front of him. Isn't this the type of guy, Chris, that we've talked about a bunch of times? Like a high ceiling guy that is kind of blocked at the major league level you know, listed. I, I know that they that may, that uh, MILB pipeline. They have a higher ranking of him. I know they had him, and I believe five. They slotted in him at seven. Uh, Fangraphs, I know, had him at eleven, and he's slotted in right now at thirty-three on Fangraphs. But people are, you know, going all out with, you know, how this isn't a good pickup. And then, of course, there's people on the other end of how you know Ben Sherrington is a genius. It, there's that place in the middle again, I think, Chris. And it's it's where you can kind of maybe be a little bit uh, underwhelmed by it. And I was in the beginning, and I, I feel like I still am to a degree, just because I feel like more because of the other pieces and not because of, of Marcano. Listen, Craig, Pirates fans became enamored with the rumors and with these these pundits who jump on radio stations and talk about these really big-name prospects. And they say, well, they could get a guy like this. They could get a guy like that. I mean, what was one of the, what was one of the most prevailing things that was, that was floating around? I've been seeing it on Twitter all the way up until this trade, that the Pirates could get their hands on a guy like Andrew Vaughn from the White Sox. Andrew Vaughn was, one of the, was the third overall pick just a few years ago, made it all the way to the majors like in a hop, skip, and a jump, and over the last... Month or so is hitting something like I I don't know he's around 350 with almost 10 home runs like he's 
He's a can't-miss blue chip. You're, you're talking about whether or not he can go to the Hall of Fame. No team has given that up for Adam Frazier, but it would get suggested on the radio. It would get suggested in articles. It would start going up on Twitter. So then when you get this guy, who's a really nice prospect, people have set their, their expectations way too high. And I think that's the problem here. This is a good trade, all right? You If you look at what... This team has in its top 10 right now, okay, or on its high-end part of its prospect list, and you look at the amount of middle infielders between Nick Gonzalez and O'Neill Cruz and Pagaro, and now you add in this guy, you have enough right now sitting in that system that I believe that Pirates fans should be able to, to sleep comfortably knowing that of those four prospects, you're going to have two high-end middle infielders that are going to patrol your infield for the next decade because not every prospect works out. You can go back and find any one of these teams that goes through rebuilds and you can look at their top prospects on their list and and you can look at how you can go back and find these these like go go on mlb.com it's a great it's a great thing when you go to to the MLB site and you go to MLB pipeline and you pick the top 30 prospects by team or you go to the top 100, and instead of looking at this year, change the date and go back. And go see what the Astros look like during their rebuild. Go back to those years and look at all the guys in their system. And you're going to see guys like Bregman in there and Altuve and Springer. You're going to see a lot of other guys mixed in in the middle that never made it. And you're going to see that in any other any other rebuild that has happened. You're going to see it in the Padres rebuild. You're going to see it in the White Sox rebuild. You're going to see it in the Cubs rebuild. You're going to see it in any of these rebuilds that have gone on over the last decade in Major League Baseball. Not every prospect hits. Ben Charrington saw a guy that he really likes, and he's now added in to a pool with a bunch of other guys that he really likes. And let's be honest, Nick Gonzalez, O'Neill Cruz, Pagaro, and then you go down here to, to Marcano. If, what if, what if, one of them is second baseman in a couple years. Another one's a shortstop in a couple years. And the other one's patrolling center field. Like there's a, the baseball is full of really good center fielders that are out there that were shortstops when they were in a system. So you, you have to look at the value that was brought back for a guy that was having the best half of baseball he had ever had. And, and you have to, you have to sometimes trust that they found something in this guy that they believe. Hey, you know, he's only 21 years old. He's still developing his body. He's starting to show a little bit of pop. We think he's going to get more pop, but we know right now he gets on base an awful lot and he hits the ball really well and he plays the middle of the infield, which means he's athletic and we can move him someplace else. That's what you want to acquire in a, in a trade like this. I think expectations were way too high because of some of the names that were thrown around when people were making up trades in their head. It doesn't go that way. You have to find a team that's willing to give you that big name that you you found or that you heard about on the radio. When that team isn't willing, if this is the best available deal, you take it because you had to take something before the deadline ran out. Yeah, and here's the other part is the, the other guys they got, uh, you want power in the system. Jack Sawinski may have found some power. And what people are kind of not really understanding about him is he was drafted as a high school player from the Chicagoland area and started out his professional career at the age of 17, you know, in the former, you know, Arizona rookie league or whatever it would be called at that point in time. And is now 22 years old up in double a hitting 269 with 15 home runs. 
as an outfielder. I mean, that's a guy that may have found some untapped power or found power because he's not 17 years old anymore. So, I mean, not that I'm saying he's like, you know, okay, here's your answer in the outfield or whatever, but put that on top of Marcano and then throw in an absolute lottery ticket in Michelle Miliano. And it's like a guy that throws absolute ridiculous speed. And I think I saw something because this is the other part that I did, Chris. And, you know, since I write about and study the prospects in the pirate system and know them fairly well, the first thing I did, you know, after, you know, reading Twitter, going back and forth with some people and different stuff was, I'm just like, who are the prospect writers for the Padres? And I found this prospect site called called Mad Friars. It's been around since I think around like 2003 that focuses specifically on that system. Miliano down in the minor leagues, he's wild. He's got good stuff, but he doesn't know how to control it. The guy has like 59 strikeouts to like 20 so it's like a ridiculous amount of walks like he's walking like seven plus per nine innings but i believe it was 64 of the batters that have faced him this year have not been able to put a ball in play because they've either been walked or struck out i just thought it was absolutely crazy but it's one of those guys that you know they're saying he's probably a reliever and he could be a reliever but if you could just harness that and either number one get him up to the majors at some point or harness it enough to make some other team believe that you've unlocked something with him and then you can ship him out and bring somebody else in when you have time. To me, everybody's saying, okay, well, he went for, you know, quantity over quality on this one. How do we know that at this point? I feel like that for Adam Frazier, if you were being realistic, and like you said, a lot of people got pulled into the the Andrew Vaughn, the expect a top 100 prospect, or at least maybe two guys in in the top 150 and, and all this stuff, like, and I just don't think those offers were on the table. And I just feel like Charrington said, you know what? This is the best this guy's, best he's ever going to get. Like, the second this trade deadline is over, even if he keeps hitting to a certain degree, you're losing, like, t- control time. You're losing the potential of him going down. It's just like, you have to... You have to make this trade at this point in time, and I'm not saying you have to make this trade and you take anything that's offered to you, but don't pretend like this is a a bad deal. Like, please don't pretend like this is a completely bad deal. If you want to be underwhelmed by it, go ahead. I was underwhelmed by it at the beginning too, and like I said, I still am to a degree, but don't pretend like this is a flat-out we got jobbed by Preller for Adam Frazier. I just don't I just don't see it that way, and especially with the $1.4 million that Charrington sent, that he had to walk into Bob Nutting's office and ask him to say, hey, can we pick up the rest of Adam Frazier's contract for the year so the Padres will take him because we want these guys? Don't, don't play like the Nutting cheap, don't play the we got duped thing yet. Let this play out. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking. I wanted to just find a team that we haven't talked about in a while when we go back and we look at their rebuild. The Chicago Cubs won the World Series, I want to say it was in 16, right? Yep. And so they, they, this is when they were getting close, okay? Brian, Chris Bryant had just come up, all right, because he was a prospect in 14, and then he came up. Their, their top 10 prospects, this, the, I want to just – I just want to talk about their high-end prospects right now. I'm going to name off some guys that – I never, I never heard of. 
like their number two guy, Billy McKinney. Never, never heard of him. You know, just because a guy's sitting there in your top 10 doesn't mean that they're going to develop. I remember Carl Edwards Jr. got like a chance and he sucked. Dwayne Underwood was the four. The two to three to four are those three names. Oh, Dwayne Underwood. Dwayne Underwood Jr., who everybody wants a DFA from the Pirates right now. Right. Number four. He was a number Ooh. four prospect on a Cubs team that was just about to start bringing up all their prospects and start playing before that season started. Just because a guy is highly rated as a prospect doesn't mean he's going to work out. So, yes, the guy that they acquired might not work out. But also, some of these other guys that are middle infielders that you're all enamored with, and you're like, what do we need another one for? We should have gotten this. We should. That guy might not work out either. You know, the Cubs were never really excited about how Albert Elmora worked out. He was the fifth best guy on there. Pierce Johnson at number seven. Hey, Donnie Dewey's. I never heard of him. He was their number <laughs> eight guy. Okay, a guy, some guy called Mark Zen, Zagnunis. Zagu, I don't know. Mark, I never heard of you. I mean, Wilson Contreras was 10. That worked out for him. I mean, it's like, and when I go through their top 10, most of them didn't make it. Most of them didn't make it. So please, like, it's okay to stock up on highly athletic, high ceiling guys because you need to have a few of them hit, but they're not all going to hit. So I have no problem with the trade. The, the Pirates got richer. They moved on from a guy that I don't think is a major part of your team when you start winning championships to get another guy and a few extras that are kind of lotto tickets behind him, but to get another guy that's going to rate up at the high end of your farm system that may or may not make it, may or may not be a big contributor, but it made the odds better that you have a few of those guys in your system so that in a couple of years when this thing's happening, you have some guys that are good. Yeah, and it, it kind of excites me too, Chris. And we we didn't even get into the draft, and some of that might have been on purpose on on my part, but it was just because of all the the stuff that was going on. Because I kind of want to wait till the entire draft. We've we've already signed the top four. Uh, very exciting, you know. Like we got our number, uh, our fifth round pick, who I'd I'd like to also get in there, and and Owen Kellington, uh, Braylon Bishop, the fourteenth rounder trying to get him away from Arkansas. You got uh, Daniel Corona Jr. You're trying to get him into the system. So uh, definitely going to be looking to bring one of our guests back that we had this past time uh, when we were right before the draft uh, to talk about the draft as a whole um, once everybody's kind of signed and assigned to where they're going to be at. Listen, if if they're doing a good job evaluating talent, uh, this team could be stacked. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how the evaluators, how those that watch prospects start to value this Pirates farm system over the next year or so, because that's when we're going to start to figure it out. That's when we're going to start to figure out whether or not everything's being put together in the best possible way. I'm feeling good about it, all right? It's okay. If you bought an Adam Frazier jersey, I'm sure you can go on some website someplace and some guy from uh, the Padres will take it. No, he won't. He won't take it. It's <laughs> nostalgia. That's it. You got to keep it now. Now you just have your Adam Frazier jersey. And- you got you know, you to wait till he retires and you can wear it again. <laughs> now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day.